Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Neve. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and cocoa zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. you date me a podcast where me Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single or I was but then I don't know I've done so many episodes nobody knows anyway my guest today is a hilarious comedian known from the parent trap and she's currently starring on the multi-award winning sitcom Abbott Elementary also she's in this movie Eddie that I love so much also Abbott Elementary is returning for a third season in February on ABC I'm so excited she's here it's Lisa and Walter I love it. Thank you for the the huge hype. I love that. That makes me feel like I can attack my day. <laughs> Good. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Look who you have visiting. Oh, that's Clyde. He's mad that he always gets mad when I record because he's like, you're not paying attention to me. I have one, too. A lot bigger on the floor. 100 pounds of buster <laughs> right over here. And he... Oh my God, a hundred pounds. pounds of buster. And he waits until I get on a Zoom and then immediately starts barking to go outside. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're a toddler. <laughs> yeah, that's your baby. Um, we were talking about Eddie before we started and it doesn't stream anywhere, which is devastating to me. So I have a DVD of it. I also have it on VHS. I didn't say this, but I have it on DVD and VHS, and I have a DVD and a VHS player just to play Eddie. <laughs> Can I just admit to the fact that I have a number, an em- not not like a horde, but an embarrassingly high number of VHS versions of movies that I love that I kept, even though I do not have a VHS player. And I'm sorry, how much room do do they need to take up in my house? They are thick. The thick. 
Not in a good way. They're so thick. (laughs) Um, Lisa, you started doing stand-up in like the 80s, right? It was, let me think, let me think. Because my son, I had my son right out of college. um, And and Uh he went, so like a year later in 87, I had I had it myself and then about a year after that I started doing stand-up so yeah late 80s like kind of the height of the comedy boom fortuitously mm-hmm. for me because there were hardly any women they were like my joke is for people that <laughs> uh know the comedy scene of the 90s that there were 20 female comics and three of them were Judy Gold she's tall <laughs> thank you thank you Nicole. thank you she, she loves that joke so yeah I was like married and had a kid and was young and still cute and had my original figure and um I <laughs> out of the box and so you know after being <laughs> successful and touring nationally for about seven years I got offered tv shows that came out here and to star in them but I was an actress first like I went to school to act oh you did oh yeah I went to like very prestigious drama department at the Catholic University of America where we did the Greeks and Shakespeare oh. yeah I love that. She's classically trained. I am classically trained. But yet when I came out here, they were like, but she tells BJ jokes. So (laughs) she's a comic (laughs) who doesn't know what she's doing. And I'm like, watch. (laughs) What was like, because now when I do, like I do comedy and now people are like, as a woman in comedy, I'm like, aren't we past this? But in like the late 80s, what was like? What was it like? Were, like, did they let you work blue? Like, did they, did you get restrictions? So great that you asked that. And see, this is why I love talking to comics, but in particular female comics, because mm-hmm. you understand what the vibe is and what to ask. And people get it because the world has, well, I was going to say we've gone so far ahead, but screeching backwards <laughs> in the last couple of years. But for a while there, we were cooking. Yeah. Yeah, But back then, I remember I was going to all of these, like, you know, a, a, A-list a show rooms around the country, did the showcases, mm-hmm. I was headlining in these big clubs. But I was getting, I was going there because I was an opening act for a big soap opera star named Walt Willie, who was on All My Children. But he had, like, all these female fans because he was a big, big hunk mm-hmm. of a man. And he did stand-up, but he was new to it, so I did an hour to open. And it was my people, it was... In in New York, it's a bunch of, I call them, you know, white furniture from Conrad's people with no children. Like, in the country, (laughs) it was women dragging their husbands Uh to come see me. And so I had material for the dudes. The women loved me. So I really developed the act on the road. And that's how I got to a place where they were offering me TV shows. My my ex-husband, I have two ex-husbands. First one, lovely Jewish man Mm -hmm. turned out. We had too much in comedy, also like men. Second one, a mm-hmm. cheater, which is not technically a religion, but he practiced it like it was. The opening <laughs> joke. So um, my first husband, who I adore, is with me every weekend, is like my best friend. He really believed in me. He called me the housewife from hell. He was my manager. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why I gained so much ground in those years that I was that I became a headliner. Mm-hmm. But I would go into clubs having just killed, slaughtered, there were 500 people on their feet screaming, carrying me out of the room. And uh-huh. I'd come back and the whoever was the owner who hadn't met me yet, and they're like, oh, we're bringing her back to headline. And I would fill the club and then I'd get there and the owner would go, so we don't let women work blue here. 
That's insane. That That's happened so enough times for on the, I don't know, fourth or fifth time. I was in Rochester and girl, it was the winter. I went to Rochester in the winter. They should have rolled out a red carpet. Uh-huh. The, the guy did that, but walked into the kitchen or wherever they had comics stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the guy goes, well, we don't let women work blue here. And I just went, well, good luck getting a headliner Friday night at 730. And I turned on my heel and left. And it was drugstore. The guy chased me and was like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, maybe ask your people how I killed. I love that. I love that. Call their bluff and be like, well, then great. If you're going to tell me how to work, I'm leaving. Well, can you imagine yeah, them that's ever incredible. saying that? to a guy and what they meant for i don't know if there's anybody in your audience who doesn't understand it working blue is not just the material of um, i'm a woman talking about sex the reason i started doing stand-up was i was so tired of watching guy comics co-opt our experience i'm like Mm -hmm. how many guy comics am i going to listen to tell the story of birth (laughs) like don't, don't, don't tell me how painful it is for you to watch it Right. Yeah. When it's tough to do yeah, the it. Bill Cosby bit about and then I remember uh, Joan Rivers had like one joke where she said it's like birth is like taking your bottom lip and pulling it over your head. And that was the only joke I can remember <laughs> a woman telling about it. So I had a 20 minute hunk about having the baby, you know, screaming for a C-section, like the hippie couple in the Lamaze video. Like, I, it was a whole thing. And women lost their minds because nobody was talking about it, right? So, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just that stuff because there was a whole thing about guys, you know, their attitude was, oh, you do women's stuff. Like, you talk about your period. And the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, I never did have a bit about my period, but I had lots of other stuff that was female-centered because it's my experience. Mm-hmm. And women want to laugh and women want to see themselves on stage. And I just think it's so wild to like to tell someone how to work or like what you can. It's like just because you don't want to listen to it doesn't mean somebody else doesn't want to listen to it. And then also it's like if you just listen, you might learn something, you know? When it got to where girls went, oh, being a stand-up is a viable career option. I'm the funniest mm-hmm. party. I can do 15 minutes of blowjob jokes. Why not me? Right. So (laughs) so that became like a thing where we got to hear a lot more different kind of women's perspective about things. It started to become a lot broader in terms of gender identification and color and all of it. Right. But back then it was 10 women. Mm -hmm. They were all white, half were gay. That's it. So they were (laughs) very specific about like, oh, I want a woman to tell her experience, but do it like you know, do do observational comedy like Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. It's like Ellen and Rosie are avoiding talking about their life because they can't be out. Mm-hmm. There were reasons for all of it. But anyway, I hopefully, although people don't necessarily put me together with stand up, I, I hope that in my own way, I helped change it a little bit mm-hmm. because I was out there. Of course, you you had to have helped change it because you did it. You went out there, you did it. You showed that like women can be, you know, multidimensional and talk about anything that they want to. Uh, was it hard to tour when you had a kid? So hard. And I had two. I mean, the first one, go mm. back and forth to New York. My ex would like, I would drive in with him in the car seat. He would hang out for a set. <laughs> like all the waitresses <laughs> loved him. And then they would, bus, I would keep the car and run around the city and do, you know, four sets, you know, uptown and down at the cellar and mm-hmm. be all over the place. And then on the weeks I was out of town, then I had my daughter four years later and I did stand up up until three days before I had her. 
I went back to work when she was five weeks old, pumping milk while I was on the road. Because oh we had God. bought a house and I was paying the bills. So I, mm-hmm. it wasn't like an option. I literally remember the first time I was for a full weekend, I was on stage at the Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island. And I was telling the audience, I'm peeing into a diaper right now. <laughs> um, because we're very, you know, in, in uh, yes, it killed me. And in fact, the scene that a lot of connect to me is the, the I am Annie scene from The Parent Trap. I used the emotional mm-hmm. work of having to leave my daughter and, I, and knowing what that was like to just be away from her for four days. And what I did when I got home was to smell the air and run to a room and smell her head because we're animals and you just want to smell you and hold your young. I wouldn't let her, we couldn't drive home sometimes when he picked me up from the train or whatever, because I just had to hold her and smell her as long as I could. It's, it was, it was hard. I mean, it was hard. I wasn't taking Mm -hmm. hotel rooms sometimes and driving back at three in the morning because I didn't want to spend the $26 and I wanted to get home to my babies. (laughs) <laughs> so I always say I, I earned every penny that I made in this business because it was a it was a rough time. Yeah, that does sound so rough. But it also sounds like, you know, like that age old, like, can a woman have it all? It sounds like you did. Like you got to be a mom. You got to work. You it was hard, but you had it. No, I mean, yeah, theoretically. But the whole <laughs> my the whole point of my act. And I would wrap it up at the end with this bit. I'll never remember it funny, but uh, the bit was something like, you know, guys (laughs) think women are bitches because of PMS. It's not that. We're bitches all the time. And this is why. Because we're so busy trying to do it all. Keep that the plate spinning act of raise a family, find a cure Mm -hmm. for cancer, have a flat stomach. We can't do it all. We're we're constantly failing. And so we're hard, you know, (laughs) mad all the time. And that was kind of the... The point of it was that that thing that they sold us in the 70s, mm-hmm. the sexy wife, because you couldn't just be a wife. You had to be a hot wife. You had to be a flat stomach wife. And then you had to have this high powered career. So that was the TV shows that I created reflected my generation's reality, which was, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen on TV before. Because every show that I saw with a strong, powerful mom wife character she was coming home from work with a briefcase going, oh, work was a bitch. And you're like, what did she do again? You never saw her at work. It's like, yeah, what is she actually doing? Right. What's going on? When all of our lives are at least a third of, you know. So, But it's funny because given the what this show is and what we're talking about, what's interesting about the careers that we've chosen is that we are – we picked something that you might as well be a drill sergeant or like a an army an army general or a or a CEO like it is high powered comedy is powerful it's it's as big as being sexy and see sexy you can mitigate with being a little vulnerable mm-hmm. depending on what you felt you know the kind of guys you like and vice versa but you can mm-hmm. balance it in terms of a male female dynamic Funny is just balls. It takes mm-hmm. balls or ovaries to get on stage <laughs> and say, I I trust that what's coming out of my mouth, people are going to want to hear. So it can mm-hmm. be innately threatening to lots of guys. Like, I listen, I don't know you, but I know you. And the, there's a reason why we have a hard time finding someone that interests us enough. 
And it's not because they got funnier mm. than us. Because how many times you've gone out with a guy and then they like are working real hard. They're auditioning, like mm-hmm. slinging their jokes. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and in my brain, I'm like, oh, boy, you're not funny. But on the outside, I'm like, ha, 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 ha. This is nice. <laughs> when a guy says he loves funny women, what he means is somebody who will laugh at his dumb jokes. But yes. He doesn't have to do yep. that. But, but what they do have to be is on whatever their gig is, whatever, not just their job, but like their passion, they have to be mm-hmm. like on it. Then they have to be like top of the game. We're smart. That's what turns me on. You have to you have to match this. Yeah. That and I like guys who are a little weird, who who are just like <laughs> I like when someone surprises me with something funny. Like we're just having a normal conversation. They like make a weird noise and I'm like, oh, that's fun. I like that. You're silly. Yeah. I like silly. I think silly more than funny because I'm I'm a very silly comedian and I like to I like to go goofy rather than cerebral or right. whatever. Uh, real quick, Lisa, we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com, N-U-U. L-Y.com that's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. 
Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. And we're back. So when your husband came out to you, what, what was that like? It's funny. We were just talking about this the other night with our oldest. We were just hanging out and uh, and we were talking about the t- times being different. And that starting about at about the time he came out to me, which was we had been together a good number of years. Let me see. That would have been we had been together like six years, seven years. And and then he asked me not to share it like he didn't want our son to know until he was 18 because he was. It was a different time. It was the early 90s. And um, Mm -hmm. he didn't want his son to have a weird idea of who his father was compared Mm -hmm. to who he thought he was. Mm -hmm. I didn't think any less of him. It was hard for me. The thing that was hard was I have to now go into the world and look for a partner that I'm comfortable with the same way I was my senior year of college that I basically grew up to an adult, to a mom, became a fully formed Mm -hmm. human with this guy who knows all my references. And now I got to find that in California. I was, it was awful, but people weren't worried about what I was feeling because in those times it was like, you're so brave. Mm -hmm. And it is still a little bit like that. And, and by the way, get it. That's valid. I felt like that for him. My initial response Mm -hmm. when he was like, I've known this is who I am since I'm 13. I just was afraid. And I was like, damn, if I had been like, if I had been, you know, but submerging the urge to like get uh-huh. men for, you know, 20 years, I, I'd be pissed. Yeah. So I I felt for him, but nobody was worried about what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of concentrating on on celebrating him and his his self-discovery. He is he's a great guy. Like I said, he's my best friend. I probably mm-hmm. in the world besides my closest girlfriends that I'm tighter with and knows me better and loves me more. We, I said, even back then we'll grow old together, just not as romantic partners. Cause now, you know, kids have a whole new thing too about like, Oh yeah. Well, he also likes men. So we're cool with that. And I'm like, I'm not there. I may be not evolved enough. In that. <laughs> you know what it is though, Nicole, here's what it is. I, it's why I never got with or stayed for a long time with someone that I knew to be cheating. As soon as I found out, Mm-hmm. Second was the gigantic, you know, manho. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to stay with me. He was like, I could just keep what I'm doing and I'm going to stay with you and be with. And I was like, no, because I'll I'm Sicilian. I will kill you. I will kill you. I'll kill her. I'll kill everybody. I'll be in jail. Wait, that's so wild. Why is it because you were on the road or shooting? So he was like, You're busy, so I'll stay busy? No. He was just a whore. he had been from the time he was young he was a gorgeous guy absolutely gorgeous great body and from the time he was young he was sport effing like that's what he that's what made him his father was a cheater i think he learned it at Mm -hmm. behavior like he had a big i think a whore madonna thing going you know we had a great sex life (laughs) and then you know i had kids and it was like oh she's a mom now and it was mm-hmm. never really obvious to to me. I guess I figured it out after the fact. But um, yeah, I I've been 
I think many women don't separate sex and love because we we have to connect mm-hmm. it because we can die in childbirth. So our biological imperative is you have to love something to be willing to uh-huh. die for it, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just in our in our cranium, not you know, over. Mm-hmm. I'm not out there going. I would die for you because no. <laughs> but I just think um, I I just can't like think about anybody wanting somebody more than me. But I'm with them, mm-hmm. and I'm not a young woman. It's not like I am running around getting. I don't need a butt implant. I got Sicilian booty, but I'm not getting stuff done so <laughs> I can be hotter. I'm not working as hard at it mm-hmm. because I make my own money too. I'm not trying to latch onto someone else's 401k, like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, yeah, being sexy, you were saying earlier, like there's so many different ways to be sexy. To me, being funny is when I feel my sexiest. And then I was dating this dude who like, he really liked how I looked without makeup on. And he would always be like, you look so pretty right now. You just look like you. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sexy. (laughs) When you find someone that is into your quirks and your what makes you you that is the most relaxing thing like you just it's like being in a sweatshirt of a relationship yes where you just don't have to try and you're just like comfortable and it's nice and it's easy oh did you ever see sorry to interrupt i know you have a question but i gotta bring this oh it's okay i'm obsessed with them there's somebody i can't remember her name on instagram but she's this like country woman she says male and she's she's married to this man that's got a big mountain man beard and she cooks all this stuff for him, uh-uh. the cobbler and bread and crap. And he just she just cooks away and she's the cutest thing. She's like, add some vanilla too if you're sexy. And then their husband comes in with the mountain man beard and he eats her food. And the way the two of them look at each other when he's eating her food, it's like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be watching this. This is sexy. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that because that's, it's not sexual, but it's so intimate. It was, it's so intimate. They clearly love each other so much. She's not trying Uh, to look like anything. She is wearing her, her mm -hmm. little sweater with covered with flour. Her hair is all big. There's no makeup. And the two of them together are the hottest thing. It's just because they found each other and that is their language. I love that. I love people who are in love. It makes me so happy. Me too. Um, when you were on the road, did you, you were married, but did you have chuckle fuckers? Oh, people who were chasing after me because no, in those yeah. days it was hilarious because, you know, it, Jeff Lipschultz, Jeff Ross, when he was using his original mm-hmm. name, he'd have girls lining up around the corner. Which is wild. And guys were like, scared. <laughs> I mean, the other comics and the club owners and the managers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In a way that's, you know, actionable, really. It's so wild to me because now when I speak to, you know, female identifying comics, they're like, no, I don't really have chuckle fuckers. Guys still have chuckle fuckers. And I'm like, not even back in the day when there was like so few female comedians. I'm like, when will we get chuckle fuckers? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. They didn't really. The But you know, what was interesting was that when I got out here, with offers to star in TV shows because I did have, and I found this out years later. I didn't know this. I was working with a real low self-esteem in terms of my looks. You scratch mm-hmm. any female comic and you're going to get some kind of twist. And a lot of times it's 
you know, <laughs> sexual abuse or, mm-hmm. you know, I, in my case, I was fat when I was a kid, you know, it's like whatever it is that you're compensating for with the funny, right? So mm-hmm. I found out years later that I was known in the industry as the body. I had no idea. Oh. Yeah. Because I was before Kim, I was this. Uh-huh. Now the 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 wardrobe lady, like on my ABC show, was trying to make me look like Callista Flockhart, who was the other lawyer on network mm-hmm. television. That was never gonna happen. I was 36, 24, 36 when I was 13 years old. Like that was my body. <laughs> and see, the sad thing was is I spent years trying to lose 10 pounds. I mean, decades trying to lose 10 pounds, gave myself an eating disorder. I was a drunk for a long time because all I did was drink a little bit of wine instead of food you know i mean Mm -hmm. there was all sorts of terrible mutations that women and and in particular women Mm -hmm. in those days like you were not allowed to have uh, you were supposed to look like one of the original charlie's angels right yeah that's so truly wild that like in like years removed you found out that people were like oh i loved your body when it's like I knew then that the that oh you did that well the the people in, the guys in charge did, I knew then uh. they were busy trying to get with it, you know. I mean, I I knew that they were into it. It was just the business that had other ideas, but men specific men, all of them were like down. Uh, but I still was having to convince myself that I was like sexy, like the other like the women mm-hmm. on the white wine and cocaine diet, like. <laughs> it's crazy what our minds do to us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have always been fat my whole life, and I remember I would like cover up my arms because I was like, oh, I don't like my arms, and people probably don't like them. And then I remember waking up one day and I was like, well, who cares if other people don't like them? I think I'm okay with them. And then I just really started accepting my body for what it was. I was like, it gets me from point A to point B. I like when I wear clothes. I like me, and it took it took a while. But like now I'm fine with it. And it's wild because, yeah, my my brain would just be like, people don't want to see it. Like, yeah, and it's like, well, my body's not for they're going to judge me. It's for it's for me. And, you know, some of the things too in our business is that it's not just a question of going and finding like a nice outfit for a wedding that you're going to or whatever. You're going to be on a red carpet and then the whole world gets to uh-huh. have that. Should she be wearing this? I remember there was a thing that mm-hmm. I actually just found it recently. It was in Enquirer or something. And I was in. I don't know where I even got this thing, probably somewhere on uh, Melrose. And it was a snakeskin kind of like, you know, cut up like this, like not low cut, mm-hmm. I usually wore, but kind of cut in like this snakeskin, like plastic dress with a matching jacket. Uh-huh. And Ooh. girl, it looked good. It sounds it good. It was so good. And my body was banging. And and it <laughs> said too fat for this outfit or too chunky. Like uh. that. And that's what people were doing back then. Like, they can't get away with that stuff now. But back then, they, they, there was no, um, what's his name? Like, Kevin Hall, is that his name? The designer that originally started doing dresses for, like, some, for Queen Latifah and some of the other women. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure of their name, but that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, and I think, and he was like, and then there were a couple, there was no Christian Siriano yet, but, mm-hmm. and then women started going, okay, well, I can dress beautiful and not worry about what other people think. And the great thing about it is the minute your mind goes to, I like this, this is hot. Like it Mm -hmm. took me having culture catch up with it and go, oh, okay, 
this this is desirable. I remember Justin Timberlake started dating um, black women and other women mm-hmm. that were curvy. And all of a sudden, white world men went, oh, that, that's a thing. I can do that now. Oh, oh, I can openly like that and nobody's going to make fun of me. I don't have to just jerk off to it at home. Just like a thing. So <laughs> I, it was like overnight, the whole J-Lo, Kardashian, you know, mm-hmm. every gorgeous black woman with a beautiful figure, like became kind of the the sold body. And then I was like, well, that's me. Mm-hmm. What have I been waiting for to love myself? And then I get on the set of Abbott where out loud, Cheryl Lee Ralph is like, girl, girl, you need to stop talking like that about yourself. Stop. I love her so much. She is so wonderful. You are so lucky you get to work with her. I, the, your dynamic is just great in person. Like I've seen you in the interviews and stuff. And then on the show, you're really great together. Was it an instant connection? Yeah. It was the way you are when you go into a lady's room and somebody's crying, Mm -hmm. compliment her shoes. And before you know it, you're going to lunch together. Like it was that we sat down next to it. We had met once before at an event, a charity event years before, but not didn't really get to know each other. And within about Mm -hmm. an hour of sitting next to each other at our table, which became it's funny when we have a new director that thinks they're going to put us at different tables. We're just like, no, (laughs) we sit here. We just were on our phone looking at a dress or looking at whatever and started talking about like taking care of our kids as divorced women in a town as expensive as Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And we were friends by the end of that day and going to lunch together. And we had a a, a scene uh, on our last day of shooting this season where they said, um, just be talking before the scene starts, like be talking about something. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew that I would just, come up with something different each time and make her mm-hmm. kind of make her laugh. So every time they said action, I would be saying something like, and I couldn't go to sleep because I was just sweating. I just sweat. I couldn't stop sweating. <laughs> and she would just be like, well, that's what happens. <laughs> it was like a different thing that I was saying. I'm like, I don't know how uh-huh. I email. I never signed up for it. They're stalking me now. I'm going to call the cops. And she would just be like, so you went into the store. Stop going into the store. <laughs> and I, I don't know which one they're going to pick, but it'll be interesting to see. That's so fun when you can just like when you make a friend on set and then you're like, ooh, we get to do scenes together and just have a silly fun time. Yeah. Real quick. Ooh, we got to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. 
Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Has Cheryl tried to set you up with anyone? You know what? She hasn't, and I think that that's wrong. That's rude. Yeah. I don't know who she knows out here, you know, because she splits her time between mm-hmm. Philly and here, but I'm not adverse. I don't know how you feel. I don't need to date someone who lives right here. Like, I feel like at my age, if it's right, it's not like I'm mm-hmm. going to get someone to be a dad to my babies. Like, they're grown. Like, <laughs> he could li- I almost would prefer someone who comes from a normal place. And like, mm-hmm. like Atlanta or Boston, you know, someplace yeah. where there's normal people doing regular jobs that aren't in they can be in my business, but they could be like mm-hmm. a or something. I don't I don't think it works when it's two performers. It's like Highlander. There could be I fun. could never date an actor. I just I because I know how I am and I'm like, I don't need to I don't need double that going on. I don't need us worrying about self tapes together or worrying about, you know, meetings. And yeah, also being too much having the ups and downs financially of this career. Yeah. You need someone who's mm-hmm. stable emotionally stable steady yes um are you on any dating apps at all i was for a really long time i was on um first i was on whatever match and then i was on bumble for Mm -hmm. i met a lot of people went out i dated a guy for even a couple years but we both had teenagers living at home at the time and we never we never like took it to the next step Mm-hmm. Not wild. And when I say took it to like, we never. Uh-uh. Oh, really? That is truly wild. Two years. And then I, I was taking care of my mom at the time who was who was sick. Mm. You know, he, he had a lot going on. So I kind of understand it. But yeah. And then I never got on Hinge. People are all talking about Hinge now, but I never got on. Mm. I kind of want to. Me and my bestie, who's, uh, who was Meredith in Parent Trap, Elaine Hendricks, the blonde, mm-hmm. we want to go to the UK and find guys with accents. That's our new thing. Ooh, that sounds delightful. I want to go to Scotland. Scotland. I want a little redhead. Oh, you want to you wanna Jamie? I do. I really do. <laughs> yeah, he's got to have that accent. I, I could be down with it. The Scottish guys are a bit, they're a bit. A lot. 
from what I understand. <laughs> when you were on the apps, did you get recognized a lot? And was that weird? I didn't know until I was on a dates with them. And, mm. you know, the wild thing, too, is that because I became so well, this is before Abbott. And I became very well known in a movie where people assumed I was 50 when I made it. I was not. Mm. It was 30. <laughs> but they thought I was much older and my hair had been dyed, as as Nancy Myers said, shit brown. Mm-hmm. Hid my figure and all of that. So they did, They did. I don't think they would have recognized me. The ones who did mm. thought that I looked like me, this and not like a 20-year-old version of that. That I wasn't 70. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it, yeah, so people weren't expecting it. And also, you know, people recognize me a lot by my voice. So if I didn't mm-hmm. talk to them first, then they, they didn't know. And which I prefer oh. anybody dating me. Like, that's the weird thing now. It's like, who am I going to meet? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you could meet someone really fun and interesting and hot. I don't know. I think you deserve that. Thank you. It's it's amazing to me how many women tell their women friends, like, this is what you deserve in life. And, like, they're really <laughs> sure about it. And I'm like, great hiding them. Yeah. <laughs> Where are they at? What's going on? But honestly, I think 2024 is going to be my year. I think it's going to be your year. I think we're going to be fucking. We're going to find people. And we're going to have a nice time. Okay. I'm down. That's what I think. But offer it up. <laughs> Yes, from my lips to God's ears, we're going to be fucking in 2024. Yes. I'm very excited about it. I like this speech. I like it. Well, who are you looking for as long as I'm as long as I'm talking to Cheryl? What, who can I drum up for you? You know, someone with a job, someone who is kind. Um, I do like a tall one. I do too. And that like just a kind, tall, employed person. <laughs> I, you know what? The bar you, is so low. You no, you said that's my list. I would even say I like a guy. He's got to be bigger than me. I don't want to be wider than anybody at yes. date. I don't want to feel like I would break him if like the sex got real slamming. <laughs> I don't want there's nobody I want to snap in half. Like I and I'll feed you. I I'm a great cook. I want somebody who wants to eat my food. Like they mm-hmm. like fussy soy soy person. <laughs> I mean, a fussy soy person would just be annoying because I like to share food at restaurants. Yeah, you gotta get something. So I it's want. like Yeah, you gotta absolutely. I hate when people order shit that I'm like, oh, I don't wanna taste that. So you're just gonna eat that all by yourself and it's full of mushrooms. Uh, That's not good for me. Tell me I'm wrong. There is nobody as convinced of their truth as a vegan that is trying to tell you how really great these vegan pancakes are. Like they want to sell you on their version. Yes. Because it's not good. If you're vegan and you're listening, I'm so sorry. God bless. I was a vegan for a summer. I spent a lot of time being like, this is okay. This tastes okay. This is fine, but it wasn't delicious and I wasn't happy about it. No, it's good for vegans. So after you've been vegan a really long time, my girlfriend Elaine does this to me. She, she's been vegan forever. She's a real mm-hmm. well-known animal rights person. She does not eat sugar either. So there's a whole lot of stuff <gasps> like thickened with fava bean juice. Mm-hmm. She's been not eating this stuff for so long that she does think it's good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Ugh, 
that's upsetting to me. But I guess if you live long enough without the sugar and yummy stuff, you're like, this this is yummy. I love a date. You know what, though? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that this, when we start getting into the, and he can't do this and he can't do that, that's where we get into trouble. Because quite frankly, as long as he eats me, I don't care what else he eats. <laughs> well, then he can't be a vegan because you are meat. Anyway, Lisa, we do have to wrap it up. Is there any advice that you would give single people out there? Oh, God. Listen listen to the, this last hour and what we talked about and, and tell me why I have the right to give anybody advice. <laughs> um, you know, this is what I would say. Just being at my age and, and living with a lot of different types of relationships people have a lot of rules about what they would never accept. And I am not advocating for accepting bad treatment or God forbid any kind of abuse, either emotional or physical. You know, we've all had our stories and me included. But I would say there are a lot of things that we should be, that we all as human beings on this planet should be open to forgive. And especially when someone Mm -hmm. has an intention to learn and be better, we should be willing to forgive because you know, we, we're all hiding behavior that we think is suspect or scary or wrong or bad, or we're embarrassed by it. And maybe we're all just okay people. None of us are, mm-hmm. and we should be willing to accept, you know, somebody's crazy toenails or whatever the hell they got going, you know, <laughs> whatever it is mm-hmm. in, their, in their life that's nuts. Just maybe we should be a little more forgiving. I like that. I think that's good advice. One more question. I ask all my guests this. I've only missed it a couple times. Would you date me? Sure. Of course. Why shouldn't I date you? You're thank you. You're you're smart and you're funny. You've got like at least at least three out of the four things that I said I require. You have a job. Uh-huh. But wait a minute, we're both actors, so we can't be on each other. Oh, yeah, we already talked about this. This wouldn't work out. You know what? We're breaking <sighs> off. All right. It's me. I'm very sad about it's it. It's me. It's it was a, no, no, it's me. I, I, it's not you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's okay. The good news is we get to eat a lot of junk food now. <laughs> yeah, because I got to get over this breakup. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure, Nicole. You were just a delight. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Oh, is there anything you would like to promote? Well, we've got the new season of Abbott, obviously, and then people can find me. I'm doing stand-up. I had to put it on hold for while we're shooting this um, third season, but I'll be back up and doing it uh, in the spring and the summer and got some dates. I know I'm going to Philly again. Because, boy, they they insisted that I go do stand-up at Philly, at the Helium in Philly. I love the Helium in it's Philly. Such that a is good such club. a great club. You're, oh. And the audiences are great. I've had great audiences all over the country. Nashville, I had never p- performed in before. And it was like, it was riot. That, like, literally, I thought they were going to riot in this club. Standing O's everywhere. It's just been <laughs> uh, Chicago. I'm getting ready to go back again. I was there about four or five months ago. So, you know, I'm I'm all over the place. Just check out my website so you'll find out where I am. Perfect. All right. What's that website? It's Lisa Ann Walter everywhere. And then my my links are on there. Lisa Ann Walter on Instagram. Okay. L-I-S-A-A-N-N-W-A-L-T-E-R. 
Perfect. If you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, give me five stars. And if you write me something dirty hitting on me, I will read it. This person uh-huh. said, hey, Nicole. Oh, wait. To Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com. Hey, Nicole, if you see, I'll see you looking beautiful across the Delta Lounge. I'll walk up and say, want to go to a real party? <laughs> so we'll prance off to a secret lady glory hole under the airport where we get our holes filled with all the big old dick we want while we high five. We part ways with one sloppy kiss and you continue on your flight. On your flight, you're fucking glowing and extra gorgeous from all the dicks and orgasms. In first class, obviously. Some rich hot dude is stunned by your satiated radiance and must win your heart and pound your juicy pussy. It's your future husband. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. You've been listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer. This show is produced by me, Mars, with guest research by Lindsay Kempf. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, with guest booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Got a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA. A special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.